Hey, this is Brandon Emma Richardson, and we are the pastors here at Slate Church based in Waterloo, Ontario, and this is our Sunday podcast. We really hope this message inspires you to lean into all that God has for you. If you would like to get connected with us, follow us on social media or go to slatechurch.com. And hey, it helps us a lot if you would rate, review, subscribe, and share this podcast. Join us for today's message. All right, so we are in week three of Advent, and this morning we have a guest speaker this morning. He's not going to be a guest for long. Is this a first time here? But why don't we welcome Nathan um, to the stage as he comes to preach. Nathan, how long have you been on staff at uh, Koinonia for? Uh, just over 13 years. Just over 13 years. That's amazing. And so he's been there for, for a long time. He's somebody that has uh, invested a lot into that community, but also has already invested a lot into the staff team. He's just got a great mind for reading the Word of God and teaching it. I've learned a lot from you already, and so we're really looking forward uh, to hearing what you've prepared for us this morning. Do you want a podium? That would be great. Okay, I will yeah, bring you a podium. You. One more yeah. time, can we get up for Pastor Nathan as he comes to share this All morning? All right. Thank you, guys. It's true. I've been at uh, I've been on staff at Koinonia for 13 years, and I've actually been a part of Koinonia for 34 years. And I know you're thinking right now that is impossible, because I don't look over 30. That's right, isn't it? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate that. In fact, uh, Pastor Nate made my day um, last week. I think it was. He said, "I can't believe you have." Um, <clears throat> and to me, you you look no older than thirty nine. So I was like, "Okay, be my best friend." <laughs> I'm I'm excited to be here with you this morning. Uh, to be sharing God's word with you, and yeah, we're in Advent, and it's hard to believe it's almost Christmas. Last week we began Advent, and I heard that things didn't quite go as well. Maybe the speaking team planned, but as God planned, they did right last week. You you had a great time worshiping and and, and in prayer, and uh, so I'm going to catch you up just a little bit in the story of Christmas, which many of you will know, but I think it's going to be important to make sense of where I'll be going uh, with my message this morning. So, as opens his book in chapter one, there are two birth announcements, and two people that don't expect to have a baby have a baby. They get told they're going to have a baby. The angel Gabriel shows up. How many of you would like to be visited by an angel? Doesn't that sound like fun? He shows up to a guy called Zachariah. Zachariah is very old, the Bible says, and his wife is barren. And he's a priest in the temple, and the angel just shows up. And he says, your prayers have been answered. And he tells him that he's going to, his wife, Elizabeth, who hasn't been able to have a baby, is very old, is going to have a baby, and he can't believe it. He responds by saying, how will I know that this is going to happen? In other words, he's got unbelief in his heart, and the angel Gabriel responds and says to him, well, because you don't believe, you're not going to be able to speak until the baby is born, just to prove the point that God is going to do this. And uh, so, that's what happens. Elizabeth gets pregnant. Second announcement. The angel Gabriel again shows up to a virgin named Mary who is about to be married, who is not expecting a baby right now. 
<laughs> and she is told by the angel that she's going to have a baby. And she um, responds, it sounds similar, but it's really a bit different. She says, how is this going to be? How am I going to have a baby? Zachariah was like, prove it to me. <laughs> and Mary says, I don't get this. How is it going to happen? Because I'm a virgin. And uh, the angel, uh, let me actually read what the angel says, because to me it's quite humorous. He says uh, to her, where is it? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, I don't know about you, but that doesn't really clear things up for me. If I'm Mary, I'm like, uh, thanks for that. Okay, <laughs> that doesn't really explain to me how this is going to happen. But she believes, and the angel tells her, even Elizabeth, your relative, that's Zachariah's uh, wife, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to, to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I love that first song we sang. That was what it was all about. God's word will never fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. Zachariah and Elizabeth don't expect to have a baby. Mary does not have, expect to have a baby. But they both get angelic visitations and announcements. And their hearts are full of joy. And what we're going to be talking about this morning is the, the topic of hope. Anybody need some hope today? Just a few of us? Should I stay? I don't know. <laughs> you know, um, hope, the kind of hope we're going to be talking about this morning is, is more than wishful thinking. Like, for example, I wish the Leafs would win the Stanley Cup. Or um, perhaps, I wish I would get a Tesla for Christmas. Anybody wishing for that this morning yet? <laughs> or maybe, I wish I would pass all my exams without studying. Or maybe, um, I, I'm, I'm hoping that I'll get hair when Jesus returns. You know, that's, I, I think there is actually good evidence that I will get my hair back when Jesus returns. But <laughs> biblical hope isn't wishful thinking. It is confident expectation. It's not wishful thinking. It's confident expectation. And this is the kind of hope that we see in Mary and in Elizabeth. Let's read a few verses right after the angel Gabriel has left and he's just finished telling Mary that she's going to get pregnant and give birth to the Savior of the world. That's quite something, isn't it? <laughs> she hurries off in verse 39. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea. That's about 110 kilometers, by the way. And she didn't jump in a car on the 401, right? She, she probably on a donkey, maybe walking 110 kilometers. Where she, um, so she went to the hill country of Judea where she entered Zachariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, six months old. And Elizabeth, like in the womb, that is, 
And Elizabeth, Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child you bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promise to her. Biblical hope is based on God's promises. That's the basis of our hope. That's why it's more than wishful thinking. It's more than just things we wish would happen. It is based on a promise from God. And this is what we see in Mary. In verse 37, she says to the angel, um, I am the Lord's servant. May your word be fulfilled. In other words, she believed the promise, right? And then, when uh, Elizabeth is blessing her, she says, Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord will fulfill his promise to her. Mary has hope. She has confident expectation because she's got a promise from God. How many of you have received a promise from God? In fact, all of us have. All of us have received promises from God in Scripture and even John in the womb, this is John the Baptist, for those of you who may not know, who was called to prepare the way for Jesus, the Messiah. He leaps in the womb just at the sound of Mary's voice because Jesus has been conceived inside of Mary. He's already pointing to Jesus. So cool. But maybe you can relate more this morning to Zachariah. Maybe your hope has been beat up pretty badly. Maybe you've been waiting and waiting and waiting, and you just haven't seen what you were hoping for come to pass. Maybe you've lost hope over a broken relationship. Maybe you've lost hope because a loved one is far from God, and there is no sign of them coming to Jesus. Maybe you've lost hope because there's an addiction you're trying to overcome and it's just not happening for you. Maybe there's a dream in your heart that's been there for a long time and it just doesn't look like it's ever going to happen. I, I can relate to Zachariah, um, particularly not because I'm very old. I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, yes, yeah, because you're very old. No. I can relate to Zechariah because he lost his voice. For nine months, he lost his voice. He couldn't speak. I was in the middle of my third year of university at the U of W. Anybody at the U of W or an alumni? Can I see a hand? It's very dark in here. Thank you for waving. All right. So I was in my third year of um, studies. I was studying fine art at the U of W. You'll get to see a, a few pictures in a few moments. But um, it was 1998. And on January 28th, 1998, a man, a preacher called John Finocchio, who some of you may know, came to Koinonia and gave a prophetic word over me at the end of the service. And in summary, it was about God's call on my life to preach. And this wasn't a surprise to me because I had started preaching four years earlier and I believed that that was something God had called me to do. But six months later, in the summer 
1998, I began to have problems with my voice. And it, it went away, like I lost my voice and it just wasn't coming back. Not fully. It would seem to improve and then it would disappear and fade away again. As I was going into my fourth year of, of uh, fine art in the fall of 98, it was beginning to come back. It was getting a bit stronger, not fully, but it was, it was coming back. And I met another guy you would know, Brandon Mallow. And uh, Brandon, uh, I, I can't even remember how I got connected with him. It may have been my wife, uh, Cecile, because she knew him. And um, he began to tell me about the embassy and this plan to launch this church on campus. And it was really cool as I heard this because God had spoken to me a year or two earlier and told me that one day I was going to preach the gospel on the stage at Haggy Hall. And I thought to myself, that is impossible. How is that ever going to happen? As I'm talking to Brandon, I find out that the embassy is going to launch in Haggy Hall. And at the end of September, beginning of October, my voice had come back enough and I preached the gospel on the platform on the stage at Haggy Hall. Isn't that amazing, the way God works? But here's what happened. I got off of that platform and my voice was gone. I was like, it, I lost my voice. It was done. And that began a very long and challenging journey for me where I struggled big time with hope. Because I had a dream in my heart that God wanted me to preach. I had confirmation of that, but now I did not have a voice to be able to do that. And so I turned this um, struggle of mine into some artwork. You can put up the first slide if, if, if you uh, have it there. Man, that is a big head. Wow, I apologize that you have to stare at such a big picture of my head. It's stretched a bit to, as well. I'm better looking than that, as you can see. But um, I, the, there's tape over my mouth, right? Because this was the struggle I was going through. I felt like I was in prison because I couldn't communicate. I had a really hard time just communicating in general because I had a very, very weak voice that would disappear. It would come back a little bit, and then if I talked too much, it would disappear. So I felt imprisoned I felt like I was trapped inside my own body and in the background if you can you can barely make it out but there's writing in the background of that picture I wrote the prophecy that John had given me wow oh it's it's amazing when when you go through something how it can surprise you even this this is like a long time ago for me. This is, this is 1998, but it still impacts my heart. Prophecies written in the background, promises from God written in the background of that um, image because I was holding on to what God had spoken to me. I actually began to listen to recordings of my own voice um, on cassette tape. For those of you who know what that is, um, I, I uh, yeah, I would literally listen to myself preach, recordings of myself preach, to keep hope alive on the inside of me so I could remember what it sounded like for me to be able to preach. And I, w I prayed, other people prayed, I went to a specialist, but nothing was happening, nothing was working. 
And I can tell you, at times, I almost lost hope. How am I going to preach if I don't even have a voice? This is what I was thinking. After about three years, my voice came back enough for me to be able to begin preaching again. But it was a nerve-wracking experience because every time I got up on the platform, I, I was like, God, I need you to help me get through this. I need you to strengthen my voice so that I can finish the message. In fact, in 2012, I lost my voice during the second, um, second message, like second service when I was preaching at Koinonia one time. And uh, it, it's been a long journey for me. And I, my prayer was, God, if you want me to preach, you're going to have to give me a voice to do it. And it, it wasn't until about five years ago, 2018, that my voice was strong enough that I didn't think about it when I got up on the platform. 20 years. I, I can't explain to you why I went through that. I, I don't know exactly. I do know God did some deep things on the inside of me. I do, do know he refined my heart. I do know he refined my motives for wanting to preach in the first place. But I can tell you that the way that I got through it, and it was, uh, you know, this is a very quick summary. <laughs> it, was, it was a tumultuous, difficult time where my hope was high at times and it was very low at others. But the reason I got through it was because I held on to God's word. I held on to God's promises because pro God's promises are the basis of our hope. Not just my hope, not just Mary's hope, not just Elizabeth's hope, but your hope. They're the basis of biblical hope. One of the, the verses that I held on to very tightly was Job 42 verse 2. I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. See, when God says something, when God says he wants to do something, when God makes a promise... He will follow through. Maybe you're feeling hopeless today. I want to encourage you to consider what promises has God given you to hold on to? What has he spoken to your heart? What has he placed in your heart from his word that you can hold tightly to? Because that is what's going to bring you through. Um, our founding pastor, Koinonia Pastor Steve, said this one time, the question is not, can it be done, but rather, did God say it? Because if God said it, he can do it. In fact, he will do it. And Mary and Elizabeth found that out. Biblical hope isn't just based on God's promises, though. It's rooted in his character. See, there are some people that will make a promise to you, right? And you'll be like, well, we'll see. <laughs> um, you know, some people make a promise and you're like, yeah, right. And some people make a promise and you're like, it's as good as done. You know what I'm saying? You got some people in your life like that? I'm thankful for my dad. He's a man like that. Over the years, he would keep his word even to his own hurt, as the Bible says. But maybe you've had experiences with people in your life that have not been true to their word. God is not like that. God is true to his word. He is faithful in his character. 
This leads us to the rest of the passage we're going to look at this morning. Mary, in, in response to Elizabeth's blessing over her and baby Jesus in her womb, breaks out into song. You may have heard of this as the Magnificat. This is Mary's song. She can't contain her joyful expectation. It's just oozing out of her. Her hope is overflowing because she has believed the promise of God, but she also knows the character of God. Do you know the character of God this morning? Because if you do, you have a reason to have a deep hope, no matter what's going on around you. This is what she begins to proclaim. My soul glorifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. For Mary, because she knew who God was, because she knew he was the Lord, because she knew he was her Savior, because she knew he was the mighty one who had done great things for her, she knew that God's promise was as good as fulfilled. She knew it. She was confident in it. One of the passages I held on to during my uh, struggle was from Isaiah 46. It talks about who God is encourage you to check it out if you need some hope. Verse 9, I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say my purpose shall stand. I will do all that I please. please. What I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that I will do. That is the God we serve. That's who he is. And that is why we can have hope. Mary turns in the first um, part of this song from talking about who God is to her to talking about who God is to her nation, to the nation of Israel, to her descendants. She doesn't get stuck inside of her own life. You know, sometimes we can get so focused on ourselves, we forget that God is doing something bigger than us. That our lives matter to God. Our, God's plan for our lives, they ma- it matters to God, but it's part of a bigger plan. It's part of something much bigger that God's at work doing. See, our, our lives are significant, but God's plan is what matters most. And he has given each one of us the privilege of being part of his greater plan. And Mary sees this. She sees that it's not just about her having a baby. It's about God answering his covenant promises, fulfilling his covenant promises made to Abraham 42 generations earlier. This is incredible. This is what she says in verse 51 of Luke 1. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones. He has lifted up the humble. She's rehearsing what God has done for her people. 
He has filled the hungry with good things. He has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. Mary sees, as I said, that what God is doing inside her womb is the fulfillment of a promise made to her ancestor, Abraham. This is who God is. God is faithful. God is not wishy-washy. God doesn't say yes and change his mind. God knows what he wants, and he's got the power to perform it. When God speaks something, he'll do it. He's not a liar. He's not mistaken. He doesn't change his mind. God is faithful, and Mary knows it. God is sovereign. In this passage, we see that God is sovereign. He does unexpected things. He has the power to take mighty leaders and bring them down and take humble people and exalt them. He has the power to, bring, uh, to feed the, the hungry and take people who have, who have been oppressive and unjust in gaining their wealth and, and move them to the side so that the people he wants can be put into the positions that he desires. This is the power that God has. This is who God is. We can have hope because God is greater than any injustice, than any oppression, than any individual, than any power. He is greater and he has the sovereign power to do what he said he would do. That's why we have hope. So our faith in God is Sorry, our faith in who God is and his promise to us is the substance of our hope. That's what gives our hope substance. It's not wishful thinking. And our hope this Christmas is wrapped up in Jesus Christ. That's what we celebrate, right, at Christmas time. Jesus is our present and our eternal hope. Do you believe that today? Christmas is a celebration of the fact that God made a promise that he fulfilled, that he sent a savior to redeem his people, that he sent Jesus Christ to live a sinless life, die a sacrificial death, and he raised him from the dead. And if God has the power to do that, if God's got the wisdom to do that, if God is faithful to do that, then he is dependable and we can place our hope in him for whatever we face today. Do you believe that? It's a reminder to us that God will keep his word. It's a reminder to us, Christmas is, of who God is to us. We can have hope in him. Maybe today you're, you're struggling with your hope. Maybe, as I said, you're facing some very difficult things. Maybe you've, you're facing grief. Maybe you're facing long-term unemployment. Maybe you're facing mounting student debt. Maybe you're facing who knows what it is, but God does. I don't. You're facing something that is causing you to feel hopeless. Christmas is a reminder that Christ Jesus is our hope that we can hold on to who he is that we can hold on to God's promises to us it's a reminder that God knows how to right wrongs it's a reminder that God knows how to raise dead things back to life it's a reminder 
that God has the power to fulfill his promises and he has love for you and I. He wants to do it. He can do it and he will do it. Maybe you feel like um, Zachariah today and Elizabeth because you feel barren. You feel like there is no hope. You feel like there is no way that God can do what he said he would do in his word or that he's spoken to you. You wonder if God has forgotten you. You wonder if God hears your prayers at all. I'm sure that's what Zachariah felt. God, we've been praying for years and years, decades to have a child. Where is the child, God? Have you forgotten me? Have you forgotten us? Are you even listening, God, as he's ministering in the temple? But God had not forgotten because Zachariah means the Lord remembers. Isn't that interesting? The Lord remembers. And I'm here this morning to tell you that the Lord remembers you. Doesn't matter what you're going through, what the condition of your hope is right now, the Lord remembers you. He remembers the promises he's spoken to you and he still has the power to follow through on them. You can count on him. He is faithful. His promises are the basis of your hope. His character is where your hope needs to be rooted. He will fulfill his word. Barrenness is not a sign God has forgotten you. It's just a sign that he's waiting for the right moment to reveal himself to you as faithful. Amen. Would you stand with me? Just take a moment to close your eyes if you would. Is there anybody here that you would say this morning, I feel like I need some hope? But maybe you need some hope. I want to pray for you this morning. If that's you and you you would like to be included in my prayer, would you just raise your hand to heaven as a sign? God, I need hope and I believe that you're the one who can give it to me. Father, I thank you for every person that has raised their hands in this place this morning. Lord, those of us who need a fresh injection of hope. Lord, I pray for these individuals that you would remind them of your promises, that the promises that have faded into the background, the promises they've let go of and forgotten perhaps, the promises that they've given up on, that you would breathe new life into those promises for them today, that you would remind them of your faithful character and that they would make a determination again to hold fast to your promises to them, to your word, to who you are. Lord, breathe on them right now. Fill them fresh with your spirit, even as Elizabeth was filled with the spirit as she met Mary. Lord, thank you for filling them with your spirit, with a fresh hope that comes from you. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to go back into a song right now. It's called Take You At Your Word. Take You At Your Word. I want to encourage you not just to sing this as a closing song, (laughs) but to sing it from your heart as a declaration of your faith in Jesus, as a declaration of your belief that God will come through on his promise to you. 
and of a declaration of who God is to you this morning. Amen. Let's sing from our hearts. Thanks again for listening to our Sunday podcast. To hear more messages like these, be sure to share and subscribe. We're thankful for all that God is doing in our church right now. We would love to have you be a part of what is going on. You can connect with us by filling out a connect card online at slatechurch.com. And hey, stay tuned for more content coming soon.